Are you the one that's building it? Yeah, Ethan is also, but oh, we've wow. been building it for a while. Most of the bottom's done, but then actually there's detail mm -hmm. in every room, so. Are you guys like designing it yourself? No, 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 it's just. Oh, 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 okay, yeah. okay. No, 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 that would be insane. <laughs> yeah, I, I like always wanted one of these when I was a yeah. kid, but my parents, they, they wouldn't buy me anything. Yeah. It was like too expensive. <laughs> this is mostly for me. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. All right, yeah. cool, we can get started. Okay. So. Um, hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Doers Cast. Um, this is a podcast where we feature entrepreneurs, business owners, or just cool people working on cool projects. And today I have a very special guest on the show. He is the co-founder and current CEO of Listia, which is an online marketplace where people can exchange goods and products. Um, without actually having to put in any any money. So it's like completely money free. Um, and he's also working on some other cool projects uh, related to crypto and NFTs called XY Project and Niftyverse. Um, and yeah, I'll link all his stuff down below in the description. So be sure to go and check that out. Um, but yeah, without further ado, please welcome um, G. Yep. Very good friend, good very, very good, yeah. long-time yeah. family friend of mine, actually. Yeah, yeah, thanks, yeah, man. Yeah, I appreciate that. I'm happy to be here. Just want to, you know, talk through some of the experiences that yeah. we've had and things that we've done, and uh, yeah, happy to All right. um, see how we can uh, talk about that. Yeah, so I guess we can start with um, Listia. Um, where did the idea come from? How did, mm -hmm. how did, what's the origin story? Yeah, yeah, so Listia was... Um, it was it, it started over a kind of a conversation between mm -hmm. uh, me and my co-founder James. So we went to college together. Uh, we moved out to the Bay Area together, kind of in '01, uh, kind of to pursue that you mm -hmm. know entrepreneur's dream out here. Um, and he basically said like, "Hey, you know, wouldn't it be great if there's an easy way for you to take something you don't need and just kind of give it away to someone mm -hmm. for free?" And you know, we talked through it, and obviously Craigslist had been around for a long time. eBay had mm -hmm. been around for a long time. Um, and he told me this experience. He had this old pair of snowboard boots that he didn't need anymore. He posted a, an ad on Craigslist for free. Mm. And he got like, you know, 10, 15 different emails and phone calls about it, saying, I want it, I want it, mm -hmm. I want it. Um, he chose someone. He said, can you meet me after work? He mm -hmm. left work early, got home, and the guy never showed up. Mm. So he's like, you know, there needs to be... And well, not really app at that time, but it needs to be a website or something where you can kind of coordinate this and maybe mm. give it to the person who wants it most. Um, so the idea came about for Listia is the idea is you give away stuff, you earn points. Um, you can then use those points to get other people's stuff. So cool. obviously kind of like a barter trading mm -hmm. type of a marketplace, but it started with the concept of kind of karma. Like the more you give, the more you can get. So that's, mm. you know, that's how it came about. And this is over cool. over lunch, so it's pretty wow. interesting. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so was there like a like you said he was he was like kind of pissed off that like the guy didn't show up. Yeah. So like yeah. was there something that like y'all were trying to like have in place? Like oh yeah yeah yeah. So that's a good question. So um, we built the early version of uh -huh. this. We built sort of this uh, meetup system. So mm. 
you would say, okay, um, I'll meet you at Starbucks mm -hmm. at three. And then we had this location tracking thing where like, okay, let's pick a place close to both of us. Mm -hmm. um, we try to make it so you didn't have to meet at home. You know, mm -hmm. back then it, it was more common than it is now. But now these days, you know, everyone meets at like a third party yeah, location, right? So public area. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. So we try to build sort of this scheduler uh -huh. location thing. Yeah. So how did you guys like, like what was the first thing that you guys did to like, like what was step one for starting it? Yeah, so uh, one backstory is that James and I have been building stuff together for mm -hmm. a long time before that. And like you software? Know, software, mm -hmm. like websites. We mm -hmm. built like a car part search engine. We, all these like little projects kind of built up our, you know, experience working together. And mm -hmm. for those, like it, it was always like, hey, we have an idea. Okay, let's start like building it, right? So mm -hmm. website. You know pretty easy to get up and running mm -hmm. um whatever back then we we're using php and apache and everything like mm. we would literally spin up a server and start writing code and then you know you would see what the website looks like, mm -hmm. and like oh we need parts information for these mm -hmm. car parts and mm. you know find a source for that so huh. typically we we like we brainstorm hash it out mm -hmm. only over like a couple days because then oh. we have the itch <laughs> to like build uh -huh. it yeah um so same with listia like mm -hmm. we we did our brainstorms, you know, over the that week and kind of wrote mm -hmm. down our notes. And this and was like after college? This is after college. Okay, after. This was um mm -hmm. this was actually two thousand and nine. So it was already oh, yeah. uh, -huh. uh seven, eight years after mm -hmm. after school. Um and like the car part stuff, the stuff I talked about was happening in those first seven years after college. So was it like you're trying to um like trade car parts? Like um it was uh, so we're into modding our cars. Oh, um, okay. And um, imagine O one, like O two, like uh -huh. it, it's hard to find the parts. Um, okay. Even before that, it was like catalogs, right? So mm. two thousand one, you know, it's like, can you have one search engine where you can find a specific part for oh, a specific car? I see. Um, and then we aggregated like ten different like mm -hmm. shops, and then so if you mm -hmm. needed a part, you can search for it. Yeah. So that that oh, was that. Okay. that. So like awesome. up until like up until the point where you, like until two thousand nine, like you already had like a very like um, like niche interest in just like trading things in general. And, yeah, like, I think that that's a good point. Like um, James and I in college, we were buying and selling stuff on eBay. Like mm. to, like um, early dot com, mm -hmm. I could buy webcams on buy dot com and flip them on eBay for like $30 profit oh, each. Okay. Um, so we would do that in college. Like we're always hustling and looking for, mm -hmm. you know, business ideas. Yeah, and yeah. and uh, yeah, I guess somehow we got interested in marketplaces. That's, uh, mm. that, that's a good point, yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool, okay. So you started just like with a website for Listia. Mm. Um, and then like what, when you first started, um what was like the vision that you had like yeah was it like different i guess from like what it was there? um like, yeah was it, it? It, it evolved uh -huh. quite a bit so the the vision initially was um kind of an easy way to give away things you don't need mm -hmm. and so through that we developed this karma point system and that was to prevent people from not showing up right it's mm -hmm. like if you put in some points you're going to show up to pick up the item Mm. Um, and then that turned into like, okay, it's kind of like a virtual currency. So it became kind of this in, in app point system, which quickly mm -hmm. turned into, 
it's not money, but it's like points. So mm -hmm. Listia became like a buy, sell, trade marketplace using points mm -hmm. uh, rather than purely sort of a, a giveaway type of mm -hmm. uh, marketplace. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then like when you were, I mean, when you first started out, like how did you get people to to like find out about this? Yeah, yeah. There's kind of a lot of tactics. So, mm -hmm. um, so marketplace is pretty hard to bootstrap. Mm -hmm. um, you need you know buyers and sellers all there at the same time, looking yeah. at the same stuff. Um, so, well, we got lucky early on. So we um, we actually applied to Y Combinator mm -hmm. um, with that initial kind of idea and prototype. And uh, we're fortunate enough, we got in, and um, through that summer, we worked really hard on the, the product. And when we launched, you know, we were able to get some press. At that point, it was TechCrunch. Mm. Um, so we got an influx of, still not enough for a mm -hmm. marketplace, but thousands of signups that I day. See. So it was really um, like Y Combinator. Yeah, and it, so that kicked things up a little bit. And then, you know, that quickly dies off. So they used to call that, like, you know, you get that big pop. And then you're, you, they don't keep logging mm -hmm. back in yeah, yeah. unless you, you're uh -huh. building something that's A, like very useful for them mm -hmm. or um, B, kind of like, excuse me, um, like groundbreaking. So mm. um, we did things like uh, cross post to Craigslist. Mm -hmm. We would like um, find stuff that people were giving away on Craigslist and, you know, hit them up and say, hey, check out Listia. Oh, yeah. Um, I'll give you some points if you do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh -huh. and that worked to some extent. And we, we did a lot of like local trades. So I, mm. I sold off all our old video games and I, like, I would meet like mm -hmm. um, these parents in front of Safeway and like mm -hmm. make the exchange. And like, yeah. oh, like, how did you find out about Listia? Uh -huh. Like, how do you like it? And yeah. just a lot of talking to people. Um, and ultimately, like if you're looking for like very specific tactics, like... Mm -hmm. Um, early SEO stuff we did, early kind of even search engine marketing with uh, mm. buying clicks and like doing ads, um, but really doing kind of like uh, things mostly, that don't scale mostly like as well. just things that you don't have to put too much money into. Just like yeah, yeah. So yeah, definitely we didn't have much money uh -huh. to to use. So mm -hmm. the early traction is just pure kind of hustling and looking for yeah. loopholes, looking for ways to leverage other existing platforms that uh -huh. have a lot of users and let's say you're doing something like a little different uh from what they're doing but the user base is sort of the mm -hmm. same then you know within reason sort of yeah I um mean, posting and you know talking yeah, about your own yeah. stuff i mean that's what like most people do nowadays like yeah. with um with facebook right people run mm -hmm. facebook ads and like instagram like influencer marketing like i know yeah. a lot of people they'll like try and like um, they'll pay like Instagram pages with a lot right. of followers right. to like do like a post about them, um, just like using yeah those social platforms mm. nowadays. Mm -hmm. um, but tell me more about like Y Combinator because mm. I'm like I think you're the first um, person we've interviewed who's actually gone through okay. that process. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to learn more about it. Like, um, what was it like? I guess getting in, yeah. and then like how was the the experience overall? Yeah, uh, it was amazing. It uh -huh. was, um, you know, it it really taught us everything we kind of know and still use to this mm -hmm. day about, you know, what what it means to, like, start a company and, like, the steps you need to go through. And sort mm -hmm. of the mentality is what we took away from it the most. Like, obviously, they helped, like I said, initial traction, press, mm -hmm. and, like, even down to uh, all our early investors. Mm -hmm. um, but sort of that mentality of, like, 
how to be scrappy early on, how to really hone in on uh, something that people really want. So mm-hmm. their mantra sort of builds something people want. Yeah. Um, and it sounds basic, but every time you drill down into it, it's like, you're, are you building this because you think the tech is cool? Do you think you know, it's a good way to make money? Or mm-hmm. is it like, if you put it in front of 10 people, like, will they really want this thing that you're mm-hmm. building, right? And for every feature, everything that you're kind of iterating on, just mm-hmm. always applying that, mapping it back to that kind of quote mm-hmm. is uh, really useful for us. Um, but, you know, it, it was an interview process. Um, we talked to them about our idea. Um, you talked to like Paul Graham? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. So um, nice. Paul Graham and Jessica Livingston, um, they are still, you know, very involved in it. Uh-huh. But, but at the same time, it's grown like 100 X, you know, yeah. since, since we've been there. Uh-huh. So that's, that was back in 2009. Um, yeah, like they, they, they um, recently announced like they give every startup like 500K now. Yeah, yeah. So we got, uh-huh. I don't want to misquote, it was uh-huh. something like 15K uh-huh. or 20K. Um, but obviously, you know, after demo day, we're able to raise some more money. So mm-hmm. at that point, it was, it was plenty. Mm-hmm. Um, I know things, the whole funding environment has changed so much since then. Mm-hmm. Um, 09 was actually, a huge downturn year for the whole economy because 08 was yeah, the housing crash. Uh-huh. Um, and it was great for starting like a free uh-huh. marketplace of used stuff because, mm, you know, people, true, yeah. you know, were thinking about how, mm-hmm. you know, how can I make better use of the stuff that I have? Mm-hmm. So um, it worked out for us. Um, yeah, Y Combinator is great. They, they're still helpful to this day, you know, they'll help all of their companies, even though they have. Oh, so like you guys are still in, like in contact with them and everything? Yeah, yeah. I think it's it's a matter of um, when you need help, you reach mm-hmm. out um, and kind of they're always there. You know, so the main thing is like that, that network that like um, that you become a part of. Yeah, like yeah, just... the network. Uh-huh. Um, and it, I mean, as you know, a much younger person mm-hmm. that I was back then, like, uh, and we just talked about this earlier, like sometimes you have a set of structure and mm-hmm. then you're just kind of getting pushed along yeah uh, whether it's school or uh-huh. you know early life with your parents or whatever yeah. and it's that helps right because you you don't necessarily know what to do next because exactly. you've never done it yeah. but now there's this whole you know system that you're going through and mm-hmm. then they're just like oh next step would be this or that you know commonly people do this or that mm-hmm. and you're like okay you know that's what i'll do yeah and then, and then it gives you that action right and a lot of that you can learn online now too but uh-huh. you know even back then uh you know two guys trying to build something we didn't really know yeah. what we we're supposed to do except yeah. uh building it and Definitely. so you know we love building stuff and luckily uh-huh. that that worked out yeah cool yeah that's really cool like the whole like you have guidance around something that like normally you have to like figure out everything right right yourself and it's like so valuable Mm because you can focus on the stuff that matters which is maybe the Mm -hmm. building and the product iteration was there anything that you didn't like about y combinator i'm curious Um, because i thought because like my dad he applied yeah, yeah and um i think he said that he like got in but the thing that he didn't like about it and like why he like ultimately like he rejected the offer mm-hmm. was because he said like he talked to Paul Graham yeah. and he felt like Paul Graham like didn't listen to his ideas. Like he, oh. he said, oh, like he would talk to Paul Graham and then Paul Graham would be like, oh yeah, just like go read this article that I read. Like go, right. go read this book. Right. And he felt right. like it just like he wasn't like they didn't like take him too seriously, I guess. I don't know if gotcha. that's something that gotcha. you like felt. Um, 
So I was actually working with your dad at uh -huh. that time. Um, so we talked about it as well. It, it's now that I've gotten to know uh, Paul, or at least you know when I was going through Y Combinator, we were mm -hmm. closer. Um, it's it's not that he's not listening. It's more, you know, he has so many like ideas, mm. kind of in his head when he's talking to you about your idea, mm -hmm. and the fact that he got in is sort of like okay, you know, you're. You are, you know, a great entrepreneur, love what you're building. Um, but I think what we learned early on is like you have an idea mm -hmm. and where you end up really isn't necessarily where you started. So sometimes it's just like all those ideas are out there. And I've, I've known other founders who, mm -hmm. you know, they really wanted to build this one thing. And maybe the partners at YC were saying, oh, you know, you should look at this, this, this or this mm -hmm. as alternatives. Mm -hmm. And... Um, you know, they, they love giving that sort of advice. So it's really up to the entrepreneur to say, no, you know, I'll stick to my guns yeah. or not. Definitely. And there's no right answer. Uh -huh. It's just, you know, that that's how they think, I think. So. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So, um, all right. So then after Y Combinator, mm -hmm. I mean, you guys get like a bunch of attention. Yeah. And then, um, and then it slowly like, just like dissipates, like you said. Right. right. So um, after that, like, I mean, like was there like what was like the, the like the hardest obstacle that you have to get through afterwards yeah so the hardest one then uh -huh. and now for everything that we're doing is always kind of the distribution mm -hmm. of your product the marketing the growth like um it's like as a builder mm -hmm. um tech always fascinates me and new trends always fascinate me and i love building something that's cool um, but at the end of the day, you need to get it in the hands of users, right? Yeah. So um, just needing to have like a, a core focus on that from the start mm -hmm. is always very useful. So like, I'm going to build this thing. Okay, the very next thought is, that how am I going to get it into the hands of people who would find it useful, right? Mm -hmm. um, and as builders, we often think, if it's good enough, it's going to be, you know, people will use it yeah. because it's that good. And that does happen, but... Um, it's hard. It's really hard to, to, mm -hmm. to hit that. And it's much easier to build something, find the right hooks and connections into either existing mm -hmm. platforms or what have you to get the word out there. Um, sometimes maybe it is just marketing, right? Mm -hmm. But other times it's like, you know, if you're filling a need just to get your product in front of people who hit that problem every day, and then yeah. the word, you know, can get out. But. Do you have any like very memorable memories of or like very just like specific things you remember where like i don't know like stories i guess where it was like you had to like you were just like under high pressure and then like how did you get out of that um yeah let me try to think uh yeah i mean i think in like VC pitches, mm -hmm. it happens a lot. It's just the most obvious where they ask you a question and you really don't have the answer, but mm -hmm. um, you wanna, you don't wanna just kind of BS your way through it. Mm -hmm. So being able to say, you know, like, okay, I don't, I don't really know. Yeah. But, like I had to do that a few times. The first couple of times it's so nerve wracking because you're like, uh -huh. they're gonna think I'm so stupid. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, but ultimately it's better. 
Um, I've also done where, where you kind of try to talk your way through it. Mm. And then you get that kind of weird look on their face. And they know, like, you don't really know what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I feel that. So, um, yeah, there, there's definitely those pressure situations. Um, how did you, yeah, how did you, um, how did you, like, develop that skill of, like, speaking? Pitching, um, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's just practice. Um, mm -hmm. I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a good uh, speaker, like, in front of a large audience. Mm -hmm. But I do enjoy talking to small groups or one-on-one. -on -one, and it's like, it has become very natural for me. So it's, mm -hmm. I think those are all still all different skills. So like speaking in front of a large group is something I haven't done much of. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel comfortable doing it as much as like yeah. a small group, fireside chat. Like talking mm -hmm. about experiences mm -hmm. is, is easy. And I would say like, for me, like pitching VCs, it's, like a thousand percent easier when I like fully believe in what I'm doing. Mm, yeah. So when I, when I create a pitch or when I'm like building a product, like if I, if I feel uneasy about it, mm -hmm. then, you know, I refine it until I feel really good about it. And yeah. And it's easier to talk. About. You got to figure out like, like what, what's the, what the confusing part is, like what the uncertainty right, part is. Right. You want, you want yeah. to have like a, a, convincing answer for everything yeah. and some of them you know it's it's just an answer mm -hmm. um so i guess i'm only a good salesman if i believe in mm. the thing uh, i'm probably yeah. not a good salesman <laughs> like i don't believe in yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> i mean i like i i feel that because like yeah i i'm very bad at like bullshitting my way through like through things like especially like school right. work right like right. like i feel like in school so many people they'll you know it's like oh there's this presentation i gotta do like this thing i gotta talk about that i don't really care about right and like like i feel like people have just gotten so used to just like oh yeah i'm just gonna you know like just say whatever and like mm -hmm. kind of like bs my way through it but, like i've never been able to do that like i just like if i if i don't want to talk about it or like if, if it's just like not like in the right place in my mind yeah. then then you know if you like throw me on a stage then i'll yeah. just be like i don't know what the fuck, like yeah, i don't know yeah. like like you know when it's like artificial it's hard when you yeah. like, have to prepare something just mm -hmm. to talk about it it's hard when it's like like a lot of these really good speakers mm -hmm. um they're really passionate about whatever it is they're talking about mm -hmm. and you know it's it shows yeah so, yeah. yeah like even just like i mean like talking on the podcast like whenever like first started out mm -hmm. on the podcast like I would be like super nervous sometimes and like yeah. like um like i started with my friends last summer and we like we would try to come up with like like very like specific like questions like we like like write them down right. and like have right. them like reading off them like right. doing a podcast and like we tried to like script like a whole intro and everything right. and we were like practicing it before and it was like yeah. oh man like get this word you know yeah. and it was just like just like no i just gotta like yeah, it's practice. It's really, be, yeah. It, in some ways, you gotta be yourself and know what you're talking about. And like I've done the memorized in front of an audience before, and it's like, oh really? Like pitching? Yeah, and uh -huh. so I don't do that anymore. But it's um, when you miss a word that your like subconscious uh -huh. mind realizes. Yeah. It messes up your yeah role. completely yeah. <laughs> so, so I don't like that. I don't like doing it that uh -huh. way. Um, obviously, you you need to be prepared, but uh -huh. it's. I don't know. Some people go about it differently. What was like the biggest crowd that you pitched in front of? Um, 
Yeah, not that big. I mean, pitch would re- really mm-hmm. just be like uh, demo days um, at, mm-hmm. at Y Combinator. Um, yeah, those are the ones where, you know, big enough that you don't, you're not looking at each person. There's mm-hmm. just like random people out there. Um, you gotta like, while you're speaking, you gotta like do the eye contact thing. Yeah. Like scanning yeah. people. And that part's yeah. okay. And like, uh, <laughs> that pitch was more of a, mm-hmm. a scripted pitch because we had time constraints and everything. Mm. But anytime I've pitched, you know, at a, you know, VC office or something, mm-hmm. um, those are not really scripted. You're just kind of talking through mm-hmm. your deck, you know, hoping that a lot of answers are hitting because yeah. then there's some interest and then it really becomes something like this. It's just Q and like, just Q and A, like answering questions and mm-hmm. um, trying to convince them to see the world in sort of the way you do. Yeah. yeah. Was there um, like... So I, like, I assume you guys got most of your, your funding just through like, you know, just pitching and then like you get money from someone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Was there any stories of like, I don't know, like, you, you know, those stories of like, it's like, oh, I was in a cab with someone for like 30 seconds and then oh. I like pitched it to them and then mm. they gave me a ton of money. Let's see. Not really. Um, I, I did, you know, there's angel investors out there where mm-hmm. you hit it off and um, maybe over a coffee or mm. or a lunch um, and those are you know pretty pleasant experiences where it, it's not so much that you convince them on the spot yeah because uh, maybe there was a lead investor already and maybe there's mm-hmm. people in the round and so there's like some kind of social proof there already but then uh, a lot of times uh, as an investor, you're just looking, okay, does this person, have is this the energy? type of person I want to work with have yeah. energy? Like, do they have like coherent answers, mm. you know, and, and, and sort of that. So um, once you get past a certain point, then it's mm-hmm. more about that. And that's when you're, you know, you did most of the hard work already. Like mm. getting the first yes is, is always tough. Like we got yeah. tons and tons of no's. Um, and then one day you're just, someone's like, oh, I can see that. And uh-huh. it's a mix of like, okay, you've had, you know, 10 no's as practice, right? <laughs> to, mm. to get there. But uh, the other part is really just like, you know, when we're talking about tech ideas, mm-hmm. you know, most of the time they sound pretty ridiculous. So yeah, <laughs> someone just needs to believe the same mm. thing you do. <laughs> how, how do you like keep your morale up when you like face all those rejections? Uh, it's tough. Um, yeah, it's tough. It's, uh, I think that's where some of the advice from mm-hmm. advisors and in our case is Y Combinator, mm-hmm. but anytime you have advisors who've been through it, yeah. um, you call them up and you know, they'll tell you that that's normal. Yeah. Like, you, you just need to hear it yeah. because when you're in your own world, it's, it's hard because you don't, that's you know, really, that's, nobody that's likes, really, nobody yeah. likes what I want to do. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Just and like the, talking about it for sure. Yeah. And I guess one more specific way to get past that is mm-hmm. like, these days you can build something pretty quickly. So the advice is like, go build something, right? But then um, you can get a little traction by yourself. And that speaks louder than anything you can say to an investor, right? So let's say mm. you're trying to build something and trying to raise money. If you can show like, hey, I convinced 10 people to use it and they use it every day. And this is a story and um, I need help getting to the next mm. 100,000 people. Um, they love that, right? All yeah, that's true. Because so, it's like, yeah. oh, you know, if you can do it with this, like, 
right. limited amount of resources that you have, then it's like, yeah. oh, if I give you a lot more of this, then you, like, right. yeah. A, A, they're like, oh, you know how to build it. Mm -hmm. B, like, you're scrappy enough to get some users. And C is like, okay, we can help you, right? <laughs> yeah. We know how to do the rest, so. Um, which, you know, they don't necessarily know how, mm -hmm. but they can uh, introduce you to all the right people, too. So. Awesome. Yeah. Um, all right. What's like, what's like the most like stressful memory you have? I'm just curious of like um, building it. Yeah. So, okay. So there's, was like, there like a low point, I guess that you had where you were like, man. Yeah. It, it's kind of like, um, so one really stressful point was mm -hmm. we were growing really, really quickly for a few years there. And, um, almost overnight it like it kind of stopped so hmm. um like the numbers started to flatten out and everything just like wasn't going up it, it, it was going crazy and um that any of those points during the life of the startup like it's it happens many times but i remember one specifically and like when everything's going well and suddenly it's not mm -hmm. those are really stressful because like you don't necessarily know how to get back to where you were. Um, yeah, you're like, oh, why did people to, leave all of a sudden? Yeah, you what? need to dig uh -huh. in to find out what happened. And the engineer in me is like, oh, let me figure this out. Let me uh -huh. figure out what happened. Yeah. But sometimes you can't. You, you just, like, don't know. Uh, in this case, we figured out, like, we were using Facebook's, like, uh, invite system uh -huh. um, for, you know, a couple years to great success. People mm -hmm. would sign up, invite their friends, more mm. people would sign up. Um, and they basically, everyone started doing it and they basically shut it off. And mm. so like, sometimes you'll have- Like they stopped letting you invite people? Yeah. So they oh. turned off that feature. Uh -huh. Essentially, a lot of social apps were using it to spam friends. I see. Um, I don't know if you remember, this was, it was probably 03, 04. Uh, anyway, you might have no, been- No, I don't remember. Yeah, 03, um, A lot of social apps were- uh -huh growing so quickly on Facebook. Oh. We, we weren't on Facebook, but uh -huh. we were still using that mechanism, mm -hmm. um, like growing like crazy fast. And mm. so when we we're in it, we weren't realizing like, this is why, you know, we're growing I so see. fast. Um, everyone's doing it. Everyone's mm. getting tons of funding because of it. Uh -huh. um, and then like, oh no, shut it off. And um, that's when they made all the changes to their feed and everything so that you know, you had to pay to get views at that point. Yeah, right? so like, I see. We had a Facebook fan page with a million followers. Wow. But, um, but after some of those changes, you would post something and like a hundred people would see it. And so like, mm. why can't my million followers see it? I see. They changed the algorithm. Everything changed. And uh -huh. that's when you learn you can't rely on other people's channels mm. to grow. Like use it while you can, of course but don't rely on it. So if your business is based on users from another channel, like mm -hmm. use it as much as you can, um, take advantage of it, but make sure you're not like, you're not, you don't have to shut down if they shut down that flow. Yeah, that flow. makes sense. Yeah. yeah, like a lot of, um, like I make like YouTube videos sometimes. So mm -hmm. I'm like kind of learning a lot about like creator economy on YouTube yeah. and yeah. a lot of YouTubers, they um you know they have like their fan base on youtube but they try to or like um or just like a lot of influencers in general not necessarily youtube right. but just like instagram like um they a lot of people lately they try to like have like an email list yeah and like get people 
like just like to migrate over from like their main platform right so right. that if one gets shut down it's like oh i still have this yeah or like oh, people will like have their own website or something it's like oh just like come do this thing on my website right right yeah. so you you want to own your means of distribution community your fan yeah. base your yeah whatever it is mm -hmm. that you're doing um cool. you know there's huge platforms out there mm -hmm. that you can kind of trust them for a long time until you mm -hmm. sort of make it and then that's when you see people oh you know oh actually can you enter your email here yeah. <laughs> they don't let me contact you anymore. yeah so, that's true um so how, how did y'all like pivot off of that like once facebook started like shutting all down um yeah so we were lucky like most of our passionate users you know mm -hmm. they're using it so it's more about like how do we continue growing uh, we mm -hmm. weren't like shrinking mm. um yeah so we started um doing a lot more experimentation with seo mm. uh, even more search engine kind of marketing so paid mm -hmm. marketing and then facebook eventually figured out how to effectively acquire users using paid marketing on facebook yeah. but then you become like your business better be making money to justify kind of that roi on yeah. spending money so um it's harder when you're building like a free service or a free mm -hmm. app or you're not monetizing your users um then you can't do this but you know as a marketplace we were making money so we kind of pivoted towards paid marketing nice. just like the entire sort of rest of the industry but mm. um but ultimately you know we didn't really like that so it you know it, it's hard to make that change but mm -hmm. that's how we had to respond yeah. um, and you do need to make sure I think your app stays sticky and engaging and Very doesn't much. leak users. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, I guess we can like talk about some of your other projects with sure. XY. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, how did you? Uh, I guess we can just start off like, how did you first learn about Bitcoin and like NFTs and like what got you interested? Yeah. Yeah. So Bitcoin, we learned way back. Um, early days of Listia. Mm -hmm. So it was probably a year after we started, 2010, mm -hmm. uh, where, you know, someone told us about it and, and like, oh, Bitcoin, that's kind of like, you know, we were using points to buy and sell. Mm -hmm. um, we called them credits back then. It's like, oh, this, is, this sounds really interesting. Like it's a currency that's kind of like this point system that we built, but it's decentralized and, mm -hmm. you know, anyone can use it. Um, so we actually allowed people to list Bitcoin on Listia mm. way back in, you know, it wasn't 2010, but it was like 2012, 13, 14. Like people were, really early were still, um, yeah. just like a little subculture. Um, and, you know, it's just a few listings here and there, uh -huh. but people were interested in it. And that's what got us more and more interested in sort mm -hmm. of this idea of cryptocurrency. Um and then most recently with like NFTs, mm -hmm. um, so it was probably um, a year ago at this point, we introduced like NFTs on Listia. Oh, really? sort of a, We replaced our centralized normal badge system mm -hmm. with a couple NFT badges that you could buy and trade amongst the community. Oh. And um, people loved it. And it was just sort of this light bulb that went off like oh mm -hmm. you know nfts yeah there's the whole speculative market out there um and people are still figuring out how it ties into games and mm -hmm. things like that but 
just the fact that you're on an app or a community and you can have ownership of one of the digital assets mm -hmm. in that app um, feels really good. And it's sort of this thing that you convince people, well, like, you know, you, you like your physical things in real yeah. life. But if you think about it, how much time are you spending online in sort of this digital world, mm -hmm. right? And it's almost trumping sort of the real world part of things. Right? Yeah, and like physical um, items are yeah. like, I mean, they're a liability. In a yeah, sense. and like you're on your phone all day yeah. on, you know, if you work out on a computer, you're on a computer mm -hmm. all day. Um, the things you own in there are equally important. And that's sort of this whole concept of, okay, NFT mm -hmm. kind of, you know, it's just the technology to back that sort of idea, mm -hmm. um, but it's really powerful. So I think, um, you know, by introducing things into Lysia, sometimes we learn about a new technology. Um, mm -hmm. So how, how does that, like the, like, the badge thing work? You said, like, you, you replaced it with NFTs? Yeah, so actually, so we didn't replace it. Um, we, we still have all the original badges. Or so what is a badge? A badge is, like, an achievement that you get. Oh, that okay. It's a reward for an achievement. So uh -huh. um, our users have like, you know, dozens of badges that uh -huh. they display. It could be like, I'm a fast shipper. You know, I, uh, I've i listed over mm -hmm. 100 auctions on Listia. Like that oh, type so of, it just like, gives you that credibility more. as yeah. a seller, basically. Okay. And they're fun. They all mm -hmm. have their own image. Mm -hmm. And so we created NFT versions of not achievements, but like fun things. Like I love Listia oh, or okay. like I love even like I love Bitcoin or I uh -huh. love Ethereum. Um, to show off kind of your things you like, right? So people can like yeah. buy and sell those badges? Yeah, so okay. what we did was we, we just dropped them all as like auctions on uh -huh. Listia, not knowing what would happen. And people started to buy them. Um, oh, cool. And it was really cool. And, and we made it so they could trade them with each other too. Um, mm -hmm. And so that really kind of opened our eyes to the, you know, the, the idea that NFTs maybe aren't just for speculation outside but regular apps uh, web, yeah. web 2 sort of you mm -hmm. know apps um, probably will need this so, yeah a lot of utility um, yeah, yeah yeah to basically give people utility mm -hmm. and that's sort of our our new newest kind of thought is um, nfts not just for collecting but for mm -hmm. additional utility and every app will have its own reasons why they want yeah that, so Wow, that's that's really cool. Like y'all yeah. got on the train early. Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember last time I was talking to you, you said, um, you said that like you guys were kind of like too early with the. Oh no, that was with like Ink, right? Yeah. Ink Protocol. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah, like tell me about that. Yeah, I think that was just like we were trying to build like a decentralized marketplace, mm -hmm. and um, this was right when you know a lot of blockchain stuff was taking mm -hmm. off and. We had really high hopes for how do we take everything we built on Listia and turn it into sort of this marketplace with no middleman, mm -hmm. no central structure. You just can buy and sell outside of all that. And, you know, we worked really hard on it and we we had some early users and it just it just wasn't something that would take off yet. And, it, and you know, it still hasn't. Because mm -hmm. like people are like, anything. oh, wait, there's there's no one like controlling it. It's like, oh, it's all right. decentralized. Like, right, uh -huh. so like eBay's still growing, you know, Amazon's still growing. Yeah. Um, and so we're, we're still trying to iterate on that, mm -hmm. those core concepts um, and see when's the right time to maybe uh, 
go at it again. But sometimes it, sometimes stuff is just really early. Like, and then the whole kind of crypto blockchain market like crashed for like yeah. a couple years, right? Mm-hmm. And um, recently kind of coming back, um, although now it's down again, you know, it's it comes in waves. So mm-hmm. there's a like a speculative wave and then the speculation dies off. But, but then like... And, and then, like, over a very long term, it, like, slowly gains, gains. Right. Gains. And it, yeah. it's because people get really excited about it. Mm-hmm. And I love that. Like, it's, there's so much excitement in the tech. Um, but it takes time to build everything else. Yeah. Right. So now, like, people are still building infrastructure. Like, um, we're taking a lot of the stuff we learned and we built, like, NFT kind of APIs infrastructure. And this time, sort of taking the approach at let's help companies build, you know, things that, can exist on this instead of uh, building one thing ourselves, um, and hopefully mm-hmm. that sort of strategy, you know, can help us use a lot of the stuff that we built. Right. So that's that's like talking about Niftyverse, right? Yeah, 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 that's right. So we have a thing called Niftyverse mm-hmm. where um, it's an API that helps companies um, essentially give NFT wallets to all their users mm-hmm. and also create NFTs. So. If you're like Listia, we give every user a wallet and we mm-hmm. can create NFTs and give them to the users all through just a couple of API calls. And that's oh, like, so like, so it's not like you ask them to like connect it to MetaMask. It's like they, you no, have your yeah. own wallet. Yeah. So that's oh. why like uh-huh. you can be on Listia and get, get an NFT and mm-hmm. go, oh, cool. And then the way we interface back to the real world, mm-hmm. real NFT world is you can transfer it out to whatever wallet you want. Oh, so I see. so um, if you do know how to use MetaMask, mm-hmm. which is the minority on like a, you know, an app like Listio mm-hmm. or most apps, um, you can still transfer it out and like put it on OpenSea or, or what have you. So it's, oh, cool. it's fully compatible. Um, our thought is that, you know, apps need this sort of um, easy to use fully kind of embedded experience rather than Mm -hmm. asking all their users to go get metamask right so yeah um yeah yeah so that's that's one thing we're working on oh that's cool like it's like uh, i think i told you last time like this uh this other guy that we interviewed kangle you're watching this Mm. um he's building like a similar thing but like your guys's thing is like consumer focused and this is like focused for like businesses where they're trying to like um help integrate nfts for like businesses so if right, businesses right. want to like you know use it to like better store their users data or something like that right then, oh like, interesting they're building yeah, like yeah. a platform yeah for being able to do that yeah yeah, yeah. no that's awesome I, I love that it's it's uh there's so many potential use cases out there mm-hmm. i think it still might be uh one of those stories where it's kind of early mm-hmm. um but we can see how it's very useful already for games and mm-hmm. other social apps. So it's, you know, it's coming. It's there. I think yeah. uh, people need a way to own digital goods um, outside of any single platform. And that's essentially what it is. Just people yeah. applying it to all different things, right? Right now yeah, it's a definitely. hype around collectibles <laughs> and stuff. But yeah. Do you own any NFTs yourself? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I own a few. Uh-huh. I mean, I got, I was really into, so these are maybe not the, the really kind of elite ones, but I own uh-huh. a lot of like top shots. Um, I own this thing called NFT worlds, which mm-hmm. is pretty cool. Uh, we got into it because 
of some synergy with like XY project, which is mm-hmm. the, the project that we're working on. Um, and yeah, I have I actually have CryptoKitties from mm. know, a few years ago. So that, that was yeah. like when OpenSea first launched, um, I got these things called God's Unchained cards. And then I had CryptoKitties and I was already kind of fascinated by NFTs. Mm-hmm. Um, but as you might know, it took them a few years for anyone to get yeah. And they're building the whole time. I mean, it, that's hard, right? You're, you're mm-hmm. building in this, this industry that nobody seemingly cares about. Mm-hmm. And then felt like overnight, everyone cared about it. Yeah. So it's, uh, <laughs> and then it's like kind of died down again. <laughs> yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, so like what advice would you give to people who are, just like, and I'm just like, just starting out, like interested in like crypto and NFTs, mm. like, you know, like a lot of people are like, oh, seems like I can make a lot of money off of this. Like, yeah, I'm gonna try and like, see what I can do. Yeah. Like, what would you tell those people? Um, well, I guess two almost conflicting things. Uh-huh. So, A, like be very careful. Like, uh-huh. um, if you want to speculate on stuff and it's just money that you can afford to play with, then fine. Mm-hmm. Um, just remember a lot of these people who are making, you know, $10 million from a million dollars, like they made that million dollars by getting lucky from like a thousand dollars. So like it's a lot of these people are using sort of play money. Um, so don't, don't take what you read as Mm -hmm. like fact, right? You're not going to make a million dollars from a thousand dollars. Yeah. Um, you might lose $50,000, right? If you're kind of doing that. Yeah, because so, for every story you hear of like someone making like a million dollars, there's like a hundred stories of people right, like losing, right. you know, yeah. So yeah. the flip side to that and why I think it's a little contradicting is mm-hmm. like to understand the ecosystem, you have to kind of play in it, right? So um, maybe the flip side is like not to take big risks, but do play with it. Like buy NFTs, mm-hmm. um, yeah hop in their discords go in the communities like see what it's all about um, yeah just do something right. just like you know have take action to any ideas that yeah. you have and yeah. just do something definitely uh-huh. take action yeah so I, I love sort of that you know the theme yeah. that you have here it's right like not everyone can afford a hundred dollars or thousand dollars like ten dollars five dollars a dollar like um get some you know ether go buy some um, NFTs, go in their discords, see what it's all about. You know, you'll see people hyping up their own projects, shilling mm-hmm. this and that. Um, but you'll be learning. Um, maybe you'll get lucky, but, um, if you don't, then make sure, you know, you're okay with the, the money you spend. You still own yeah. the NFTs. That's, uh-huh. that's kind of the beauty of it. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, go from there. I, I would say there's no way you can, there's no way to learn about this whole world. By reading about it yeah um you have to just kind of be in it so, you gotta experience it yeah. yeah yeah i read somewhere it was like like you you retain like 10 percent of things you you like from reading and then from like oh, actually experiencing yeah. it it's like you retain like 80 percent yeah it, yeah so. it's it's very yeah so we were um we were trying to build sort of this metaverse thing around xy mm-hmm. project which you talked about and Oh, so if, for if you guys don't know what XY project is, yeah. basically it's like a, a a giant grid of pixels 
and it's like a thousand by a thousand. Wait, one twenty-eight. No, oh no, a one twenty by one twenty-eight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, and each little square is an NFT, and you can yeah. buy it, and um, and it links to like OpenSea. Yeah. And yeah. like, yeah, I've been I've been like looking at at it a lot lately, and it's like really cool. It's uh so. Yeah, so that's exactly right. It's a grid of coordinates, 0, 0, 0, 1, um, all the way to 127. And it's, uh, we gave it away for free. So it's just a free mint. Um, and all the data is on-chain. Mm -hmm. So most of these projects, a lot of the data is just like hosted on S3 or, or IPFS somewhere. Mm -hmm. So the data, the coordinate is stored on the chain, which just means when you own a coordinate, it's self-contained. It doesn't need to link out to anywhere. Mm. Um, and yeah, over the course of a month, it kind of just took off and, you know, thousands of people came to claim their coordinates and now they're, you know, they're all gone. So at this point, people a little bit here and there are buying and selling them. Mm -hmm. Um, but we're, we're, you know, been talking to the community and they want, they want to create sort of this metaverse game out of it. Right. So it mm. becomes a map of, you know, maybe a Minecraft style game or something like oh. that. And then, um, you know, you own your plot of land and you can play. And it, it, it's mm -hmm. pretty, pretty interesting. So, like, we're, ex we're looking into that now, see, you know, which parts of the community can help build it. Because this is sort of like a community project. Um, but so to your earlier point, like, I spent the last, like, couple of weeks playing, like, mm -hmm. Sandbox, Decentraland, Crypto Voxels, like... Mm. I, I know what they are because I've read about them, mm -hmm. but I hadn't really played them, right? So um, by just entering each of these metaverse worlds, like yeah. Sandbox for like an hour, you learn so much. And um, it's just like way beyond anything I read, right? Mm -hmm. Like the things I read, it it's happening in there, but yeah. like you, you got to experience it. So, so if like you want to build a metaverse game, you know, go play. So we <laughs> played on... Axie Infinity? Have you heard of it? Yeah, so I I played it in that I downloaded it and ran it. Oh, okay. And then um, you have to own like a few Axies to play it. Yeah, so like, you have to put a little money yeah. in. Yeah, so, and then actually they, I don't know how much they cost now. I, I'm uh -huh. guessing at least as much as when I tried, which uh -huh. was a few months back. Um, it's not a cheap investment. So that one is a little hard to get started. Mm. Um, but they're trying okay. to address that. Like you can... Um, you can sort of uh, rent or borrow these uh, axes and play. Mm -hmm. And um, so they're building a sub ecosystem where you can play it without owning it, but then the mm. owner of it gets some benefit, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. The royalty. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So um, I didn't get that far, mm -hmm. um, but that is an example of, you know, like even in sandbox and decentralized, these pieces of land, if you want to build on it, they already cost like, 10,000 you know, US dollars. Mm -hmm. So it, it does get hard in some cases. So um, yeah, I but see. you know, play with what you can. Uh, most of these, you don't mm -hmm. have to own it to play. In some cases you do. Yeah. do you, are you the one that runs the, the XY Project Discord? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, well, a couple of us uh -huh. uh, just help out with it. So it's not okay. like one person, but. Yeah, like I'm in the Discord, so I've been like seeing some of like the messages. Oh, that cool, you guys cool, put cool, out. cool, yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of that is uh, between James and I, just uh -huh. like uh, answering and uh, thinking about, you know, this guy has a really good idea. Uh -huh. Let's talk about it. So we'll often take stuff they're posting about and mm -hmm. just talk about it uh, amongst ourselves and like, 
that would be really cool to build. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard for that to be like a full-time thing because, um, you know, it's not funded. There's no research yeah, yeah, yeah. there, but, um, but we love it. So it's something we want to just keep working on and hopefully yeah. something cool happens with it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, like I didn't realize until like maybe like a year ago, like how, like how like everyone was like migrating to discord yeah, and like, yeah. like, cause I, at first I thought I was like, Oh, it's just like people would just use it to like communicate in video games. But right, now it's like, right. Oh, people are using it to like build a whole community like for their brand or for their mm-hmm. project. Mm-hmm. Um, so like when, like when, when did you like start using that? So um, like, as like a, as a community building, building I guess, and like yeah. also like marketing, I guess. Um, so, yeah, I was pretty late in terms mm-hmm. of that too. So I, I've used it to, cause my kids use it mm-hmm. for gaming, right? And then I noticed they were creating channels um, mm-hmm. that for gaming, but also not for gaming, right? Mm-hmm. And then, so yeah, you can like see lots it growing. Use it. Yeah. yeah. So you can see it growing from kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so the tool of choice for the early blockchain days was Telegram. Mm. Um, and then when those projects started migrating to Discord, this was, this was pretty early too, a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. is when I first realized like people like Discord because it's, at that point, it was just like a better product, more fun. Mm. You can do channels. Um, Telegram was like one chat room. Yeah. Right? So um, that's when people moved there. And then with the whole NFT craze, people just said, okay, let's build our whole communities on here. Um, and yeah, now it's kind of the, the tool of choice. Yeah. I don't love chat because it's easy to miss stuff. Yeah. Right? It's almost so real time. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like a Reddit or something, um, a little easier to parse. But yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely the tool of choice. So yeah, I still don't use like Discord that much. Like, even though like, I mean, a lot of my, like, like actually every single org I'm in at, like yeah. at college, like they, they have a Discord channel and like, oh, okay. Uh, a lot of like my classes they have a discord channel and it's like it's so tiring so just for me to just like look through like i'll have to check all the channels go like redo everything yeah um oh yeah it is because there's so many notifications (laughs) yeah yeah so when you're doing nfts and you have like 12 channels that Uh you're in you don't really see everything Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's impossible like does it take a lot of time for you you think to like to like yeah so be active like as a as a leader in your school? Oh, yeah. I mean, it can uh-huh. take up your whole day. Um, XY Project has cooled off, you know, since mm-hmm. the Mint. So um, I try to make sure I address everyone, but mm-hmm. um, it's not like crazy active. So it's it's easier. Um, okay. Most big communities, they have people who are in there overlapping, you know, 24 mm-hmm. hours where they're mods or admins where they can help the community. Um, and, you know, with decentralized stuff, it's cool. You're really just fostering discussion amongst themselves. Yeah. Um, obviously, you have to chime in with announcements and things, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, everyone has a stake in it. So a lot of the interaction is just between community members. So just there to, you know, make sure yeah. nothing bad happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, I guess, so, like, what is, like, the current state of Listia now? And Like, yeah. what, like what are your plans for it like moving forward like where do you see it like the future too yeah yeah so listia um it's been over 10 years Mm -hmm. it's um it's stable kind of a small to medium audience who are 
you know, happy trading on there. Um, we try to try to add new stuff here and there to see if there's some like spark that mm-hmm. can uh, kick it off again. Um, we've gone through many iterations of like the the um, the credit system. Now it's called Points. Mm-hmm. Um, different features, uh, the NFT stuff. We like to introduce new ideas on there to see, you know, what takes off. Is the points right now? Is it is it all um, like the ink like coins? No, it, it's actually just like a centralized point system. Okay, um, but we allow people to uh, kind of bring in cryptocurrency mm-hmm. to buy stuff as well. So okay. we're still trying to figure out like what's the best way to help people like buy and sell in a marketplace yeah. with cryptocurrency that has fluctuating value. I think mm. that's like. It's hard because people, the seller wants a set price. Yeah. The buyer wants, you know, to know they're paying that price. But when yeah. you have a, any cryptocurrency mm-hmm. that's kind of fluctuating, um, it's hard to achieve both expectations. So Yeah, it's like, oh, um, today um, we agreed right. on like this price and tomorrow it's like double. Yeah, it. and it's, it's almost like by the minute, right? So yeah. By the second. Yeah. So um, solving that problem is really important. So we're still experimenting. We're still trying to figure that out. Um, and I think part of, you know, what we're doing is also the NFT side. So Mm -hmm. like, um, using Listia as like, um, kind of the community, like what, what do we think, you know, NFTs could be in the future? So whether it's like a badge type collectible, um, or something to facilitate their trading or even saying, okay, you know, do people want to buy and sell NFTs on this DIA? Mm. Um, those are the types of angles that we're thinking about. Um, but yeah, this has been at it for quite a while and, you know, we it's would your love, baby. It's yeah, like 13 years old. <laughs> yeah. We would love for some spark to help it achieve mm-hmm. that high growth again. But like I said, like, you know, things, yeah. things keep changing. If you're watching this and I don't know, maybe you want to get involved, hit us up. I could like connect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Okay, cool. Um, where, where do you like, what do you see yourself doing in like five years? Um, <laughs> some, you know, I, I think I love building stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, hopefully we're still working on Listia mm-hmm. and, you know, hopefully, you know, something that we're doing around Listia and the NFTs and X, Y, and Niftyverse kind of uh, starts to take off. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I have high hopes for sort of um, some of the new stuff we're working on, but also, you know, getting Listia back to that s- stage where, you know, it's growing quickly. Maybe it'll probably have to be kind of a, a different niche or mm-hmm. something. Um <laughs> But I, I would love all, you know, all our community, everything to still be involved. So just trying to awesome. grow things, you know, again, back to something. Just really going out there, yeah. trying things. Yeah. And taking action. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. Cool, cool. Uh, all right. I think this is a good point to, like, wrap things up. Thank you so much, G, for yeah, yeah, coming definitely. on our podcast. Be sure to check out everything we listed down below. But... Yeah, with that, we'll see you guys on the next one. Peace. Thanks, guys.